All right, welcome you to another episode of Porch Talk. I'm burning the phone lines, getting up with uh, an old friend from the Mobile area. I got Coley Johnson. Coley, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Just living a life, you know. I'm here, you man. It's good to it's good to hear from you. It's, it's going to be good to catch up with you, man. Yeah, it's been a while since we've. Well, I ain't seen you since you moved. I know. Last time you came down, I was up that way. So I got a story. Just have, just I, ca- I secretly out. came down. Uh, two weekends ago, and stayed with Levi. Didn't tell a soul. Uh, I don't even know it well. I guess Brew had to know. But uh, <laughs> I called Levi. No, uh, he called me first. Um, he usually calls me like right when I get off work sometimes. And uh, we'll just talk because I think we get off work at the same time, and uh, we got about the same commute, and we'll just talk on our way home. And uh, I got to thinking about it after I got home, and I just called him back a couple hours later, and I was like, you know, I'm, t- I'm really tired of the phone lines. Uh, what if I just came down tomorrow? He said, that's fine. Come on. <laughs> so, okay, so y'all, y'all did an episode. No, no. Uh, huh? Didn't even talk about the podcast, man. Just hung out. Okay, just like, kind of a break from everything. Huh? Yeah, just uh, didn't even really leave his house. Like, we left to go get breakfast and lunch, and then we just kind of sat around the house, watched football, played uh, played the Xbox for like five minutes, and I got to meet his kid and hang out with his kids, so yeah. that was fun. Yeah, it was great just, yeah. To, yeah, he's, just to take it easy. Yeah, he's fun. They, it's, it's cool where they're at. They're right, like, easy driving distance to most everything. Yeah. And, man, Mobile, yeah. Westmobile has changed so much since I had been back. Yeah, it's it's definitely coming up. Cause like the the time that you were talking about back around Halloween, which was funny because I think I was down your way and you were up my way. Right. Yeah, we were in uh, Tannehill. Yeah. For, yeah. That's a beautiful place. Yeah, man, I really like it. I had no idea that was there. So we stayed in stayed in a cabin. You know, it was cool. Cabin was. I mean, it's, it's just an old cabin, you know what I mean? But it's yeah. cool being there. But it's a really relaxing place because your phone don't pick up real good, so it's a good way to get away. Yeah, man. That's, uh, back in the day, That's I don't know if they still do, but they used to hold those uh, self-boat competitions. And so it would be people who had, uh, like, the bare recurves. Yeah. And then people like me, me who made their own bow. And we would have like competitions set up throughout the trails around those cabins. I didn't know they did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they do all kind of like artisan stuff up there at Tannehill's. Hills. Like you just kind of keep your eye on it, and like they'll have weekends to where, and they do so many different things. Like there'll be a weekend that they're having some kind of an artisan thing going on, and it might be something right down your alley. Well, you know, we went to they do the trade days, they call it, and it's like. There's people out there selling stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my, my wife's grand, grandpa sells some stuff up there sometimes, and I mean it's just a little bit of everything. Yeah. And uh, actually, there was a guy. It was the uh, Alabama Tennessee game weekend, and there was a guy. The first booth we came to was selling radios, for like four dollars, and he had the game playing. I was like, this is brilliant advertising. I, mean, I definitely <laughs> bought one. Yeah. You know, and then people were walking up to me, hey, where'd you get this radio? Right. So, you know, but they sell a little bit of everything. Some stuff's brand new, some stuff's pretty old that I'm not necessarily into my wife loves, but. Right. 
Yeah, man. And it's like that whole country, like what you're saying with just the beauty of it. Like you're in the Iron Hills right there around Birmingham. It's nice. Nice place. Yeah. Yeah, we took a uh, supposedly a short hike to a uh, a cemetery that was back in the woods. And I would not recommend doing it in flip-flops, blue jeans, and pushing two kids in a double stroller because it's really about four miles. Wow. So it's it's not fun. <laughs> Round trip. It's about four miles. It was only supposed to be one. Somebody read a sign wrong, and so was, most of us wasn't too happy, especially when you get to the cemetery and it's about ten rocks with nothing wrote on it. Right. It's kind of like, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it, looking back, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it took a little while for it to look back and be fun, though. We had something similar. It seems like it's always like that with hiking. When we were in um, Chile, um, we were it was our day off, and I think we we were in Viña del Mar. That's a little city on the uh, Pacific coast. And I don't know if someone had just heard something or what happened, but they was like, "There was there's this beautiful sea lion cove. It's just right down the way." And, um, okay, getting there was difficult because, like, we hitched, kind of hitchhiked with two different vehicles to get to the area. And then the walk, and then the big walk up, and by the time we got there, there wasn't no sea lines there. And I was like, you know, this is beautiful. But I was like, was it really worth it? Right. Yeah, that's exactly how that was. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it can never be a good thing. Like, from from now on, hikes, I want a printed map. You know, before we get going, because you're so, your phone don't work, so you have no clue where you really are. Right. You're just walking these trails, and then you find a group of people, and they're like, hey, do you know how to get out of here? I was like, nah, this not is, really. This is, this is reassuring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to say, just well, yeah, like. So y'all just, y'all just hung out, huh? <laughs> yeah. Back to the original thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah, literally just sat around the house and um, just watched football. Yeah, and uh, I think that night, um, Jace and uh, James and Justin they rode by. They uh, so I didn't know that Jace was dating some of Bree's kinfolk, and so they all they all rode over for a little while and hung out and then called it a night. And then Sunday I woke up and drove on back. I got you. It was a yeah, good little getaway. It's nice to have a little getaway once in a while, even if it is just not doing anything it's, it's like when you're younger you know you want to get away you want to go do as much as you can and then as you get a little bit older you kind of enjoy the, <laughs> the relaxing time yeah man uh and that's what he was asking me like while i was down he said so what do you want to do do you want to go try to hang out with a whole lot of people do you want to go try to catch up and i was like man i've tried that like just different places like just say like memphis if i go up there for a day or for the weekend or just take mobile is like I, if I have a lot of friends in the area, it, it's it's really hard. Even if they're all friends, it's hard to like just have a time set to where I can just catch up with them. Yeah. And that's that's what I told Cam. I was like, I just need like, if I was gonna do it, do it right, I would need like a couple of months. And I was like, so I'm just gonna schedule weekends and just come down there and just hang out with, you know, certain people that weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I listened to. Um, so you did with him and he was talking about you know having people over at his house and stuff and I think I wanted to message him about it that, that sounds like an awesome idea 
That w- I mean, that would be fun. Just, just over at camps yeah. and, like, have Garrett or, you know, somebody come over and play and we'll do, like, a crawfish yeah. bowl and just hang out. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it was yeah. a great idea. I mean, it's good yeah, for I mean, the kids, too. Yeah, I mean, I, he's been – he's done invite us over a few times. It's just trying to make it work. You know, his dad, Rusty's as good a man as you want to meet. He's invited us to let the kids ride one of his horses, and it's like – you know, between our families and trying to plan stuff, it's just, you know, it's to intrude. But I know they wouldn't see it as intrusive. You know what I mean? But Yeah, man. Because, I mean, they're jamming up people. Wild. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like uh, like you were saying, man, like just as, as you get older and just wanting that getaway, it's someone can live a mile down the road from you or, you know, just a few miles down the road and just having time to get together as crazy as life gets and it seems like the older you get the more you got going on and you got it's like you're always juggling yeah well I mean it's just you know like Rusty you know me and Rusty hung out for a long time and then when Rusty moved up to Auburn like we we text we have like an ongoing text message pretty much but like I'll text him and then don't even realize it's been three weeks since I've messaged him back you know what I mean yeah. it's just life just goes you know it's just so, like, I, I know I'm real bad about sending out a random text message, but it's because I'm thinking, we were just talking about this. But, no, that was a month ago. Yeah. You know? and yeah. So, I know I'm bad about that. I'll send, like, a random text message, and it's kind of like, I won't say hey or anything. It's just, like, a response to what we talked about last time. And it's like, you know what I mean? That was a month ago. You know, hopefully <laughs> nobody deletes their text messages too much, or they have no clue what I was talking about. But Yeah. Uh, speaking of Rusty, man, I need to call and talk to him. I bet he's riding high right now. Oh, man, especially, like, living there. You know, he's, he's like, two miles from every, you know, every event they have going on. Yeah. I mean, Auburn's a cool town. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I, I did make sure I stepped on the Bo Jackson star and kind of, you know, <laughs> smashed my foot into it a little bit. And then, uh, you know what I mean? But it, it's a cool town. I mean, it's, you know, kind of a little few good restaurants and you know things to do around there that's pretty fun so yeah man i think you really i think they really enjoy it i uh i have no beef with auburn the the town because like you said i think it's a cool yeah, little, it's, a, it's a cool little <laughs> college town yeah it is and uh my dad he's about as diehard alabama's as you can get and he's been to the plains three times and i remember after the first time that he went he called me uh on his way on his way home, and he said, Alan, I always see that eagle on TV flying in there, and you know I always make jokes. But he said, when I was there and I saw it for myself, it is it's special. And he said, that is a, it's, a, it's a beautiful place. He said, i got to give it to him. I hate him, but I, it's, right. it's, it is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you can, you can dislike somebody, but still at the same time respect what they do, you know, and it's like, I, and I've never been to Starkville, but I've always heard that it's, it's a really cool town, you know, and it's a, a guy from work, his daughter was visiting schools, you know, seeing where she wanted to go to be an architect. She wanted to go to Auburn, and then they visited uh, Mississippi State, and she's like, I don't want to go anywhere except for here, because they fell in love with the town. I th- it is, it's a beautiful place, man. I've been working in Starkville for six months now. And uh, growing up, 
I used to run with some guys out of New Hope, which is a little subdivision of Columbus. And when we were 17, 18, we were going up to the bar up there. The little, It's like a little, it ain't club, but it's like a club bar. It's, it's Live music would always be there. It's a great place to, all we ever did was fight. Or all, they always got in a fight, and I would be, I'd be the guy like trying to, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, that was my memory of Starble. And um, and when I started working up there, kind of getting to know the town and, like, the layout of it, and I was like, you know, this is a cool place. It's real small. You can be anywhere in Starble in 10 minutes, man. Yeah, that's cool. And, like, the restaurants and the whole cotton district, it's, it is a, it's a beautiful place, man. Yeah, I mean, is it? So it's like the, the college is, like, intertwined through the city. Yeah, it is. Is it kind of like that? Because Savannah's that way, and that's really the only place I think of it being that's really that way. Like, as you're in the city, it's like, you have no idea this is a bar, but then the very next room, the next building is a classroom. You know what I mean? So it's like, Savannah's a cool little town. You know, it's kind of like that. But yeah. They have a, they I have think a, it's an art school. But. State has a few buildings throughout the city, but, like, State is mainly on the uh, on the east side of Startville. But they had buildings throughout to where it's like what you're talking about. Like, it used to be a bank, but it's owned by state, and they do things in that building now. Yeah. And they have a place. Yeah, that kind of sounds pretty cool. And they have a place they call the Mill, which is just right off campus. And that's like where, um, you know, businesses will rent out to do um, their event. And you'll also see some college students taking care of their business upstairs or whatever, you know. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar to that. Well, usually in towns like that, too, you always have, like, new-style up-and-coming restaurants that, you know, always will come out with some cool food that you never really had. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> the old coffee shop-style environment and all, which is, yeah. you know, which is cool, that whole, too, you know. That whole Especially cotton district. Like, that, whole, that whole cotton district has that. Like, uh, and this is something that you had done, and uh, we can talk about it. It's, it's something I want to do. It's like there's a paper here, and I wanted to do kind of what you've done, but I wanted to do some satire on it too. It's like with the Cotton District, with some of the like hole-in-the-wall coffee shops, and like you walk down, it's this crazy street called Rutegron, and it's like uh, it's not paved. It's just bricks, and it's got like this, I think it's called Two Brothers. It's like a little smoker. Like a, if you walk, in the vicinity of that place, you're going to smell like that place. And they're just smoking meats, you know? Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's got all kind of little hole-in-the-wall restaurants like that. And just doing some Speaking. doing some food reviews on, like, serious places like that. And then, hey, I'm down here at the McDonald's on Highway 12, and let me tell you about the environment. It is unbelievable. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, man, you know, writing's not something that, I mean, I never was terrible in school at it, but it never was something that I ever even tried to pursue. Um, you know, Chris bought the paper, and then I commented on there and said, hey, you should let me write food reviews or restaurant reviews, just because, well, I'm a, I'm a big guy who likes food. You know what I mean? That's really basically my, my only basis on that. Yeah. And, uh I mean, it was like two years later, he just messaged me out of nowhere, and he's like, hey, do you still want to do that? And then, like, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, I was completely joking. I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. You know, and then, you know, 
turns out everybody says I'm good at it. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I just kind of write way up, way I feel like it should go. And yeah, you know, everybody seems to like it. And so, it, you know, we did several of the restaurants around and then things got a little busy, but we're going to try to pick it back up again soon. But, but it's, it's actually a lot of fun. And, you know, you get to see the, you know, the owners want to sit down with you and talk to you about things. Yeah. I went to Ozzy's my first time. My first article was about this Ozzy's. You remember Ozzy's right here off of 90? I do, man. I've ate there, like, I and, ate there uh, quite a bit. Yeah. So I don't know if you know this, but the, the Cuban got passed not too long ago, and, and Ozzy's actually shut down. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, just recently, within the past two or three months. So... Yeah, they're closed down, but, you know, they were the first people I did an article on, and uh, they, they they gave me everything. You know what I mean? They wanted me to try every sauce they made. They, I mean, I, I had little cups of all kind of stuff, and left out of there with some awesome food, which I never left out of there with bad food, but, you know, it was just, it's cool meeting the guys, you know what I mean, seeing the, the workings of how they do things and how they work together, and, you know, and I got to see that with all the other restaurants around it was just cool kind of experience, you know, for, for me and, you know, luckily for, for them. I mean, even after they've been here five years, they told me I had like 20 new customers within yeah. like two weeks of the article going out. So yeah, I went back and just to go see what they thought about it, left with a big bag full of food and they were just thanking me for everything. So it was just kind of cool, you know, all the way around experience. Yeah, man. That's... So I think you should definitely try it you know it's, it's, it's cool yeah I, and i'd love to tie it into the podcast like uh that was that's part of the the vision is like as i'm going to these places is just having more time and you know maybe on the way up to wherever and i'm interviewing a musician is like ask that musician what is the what is the craziest most hole-in-the-wall restaurant that just a lot of people don't really know about or what's a new great place you know, and just see what they say and then contact the owner and like what you're doing is like, hey, I do this podcast and I'd love to get the word out about what you're doing. Yeah. On top and, of And you know, people, people are all about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, most people don't say no, <laughs> you know. Especially, yeah, yeah, especially to, you know. It's free, pu- it's free publicity. Free or, free or cheap advertisement, mm-hmm. you know, they're all about it, so. Right. So, I I think it's great, man. And uh, I, I I haven't read one, but like Levi was telling me about what you were doing, and I was like, man, I had been thinking about doing that too. And I was like, I gotta check yeah. out and see what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, I can. Uh, I'll have to send you some of the, the articles I wrote, and you can just kind of whatever you know what I mean. If you want to check them out or yeah, <laughs> or any of that. I mean, it's not many. Like I said, we got into it. Things got pretty busy, so I kind of got sidetracked on it. But we do plan on picking it back up and, and you know maybe adding a few things here and there and I tried to get a I tried to get a local sports things going and you know back I feel like back whenever I was growing up you know high school sports was all in the paper you know and and now it's so hard to find it even though social media is the way it is it's like you try to keep up with like local high school and middle school basketball you, you really can't you know what I right. mean it's just like and you can't make every game, you know. And I tried to get that going and just had complications trying to make connections. But I'm going to try to work on it again for next football season. And, you know, maybe I can have something a little more concrete. But 
I think Levi experienced it when he used to do those AOL articles. I, I think, didn't, yeah. he, didn't he write on Theodore? Yeah, yeah, he wrote, I think they would, bouncing him around a little bit, but I do remember he wrote on Theodore a few times. Yeah, and I think it, it's, it takes a team, man, to be able to do something like that, especially like with the, you're not going to be able to make every game, especially some of the away games. Right. And um, especially because, like, if I'm going to – because I remember those in the paper, man. And um, and this is another thing I want to get at is, like, it is local to that sports scene as well as the music scene. But to be able to follow a player's career uh, during that time because sometimes you'll just have a phenomenal player or players on that team. You'd be like, well, people really want to know his stats, but I can't find his stats. Well, you know, Theodore had uh, Demui Kennedy from this past recruiting cycle that committed Alabama five-star linebacker. Then, if you don't follow recruiting, you have and, and, and you know, I mean, Theodore's just right on the road. But if you don't follow recruiting, you have no idea that kids there doing any of it. Right. You know what I mean? And I mean, he's a big-time player. You know, what I mean, he's great. I mean, look at Michael Piron that came out of Theodore. I mean, he's. Yeah, and showed out for that bow draft. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and if you don't follow recruiting for, you know, you can follow Alabama or Auburn recruiting all you want to, but, you know, they didn't really recruit him. You know what I mean? So you would never even know. You know what I mean? It's just like following a recruiting on a local stage. And then, you know, you you find out the more you get into it that these kids that just because they don't get like a D1 scholarship, you know what I mean? They're going places. Yeah. You know, and it's just, that's what I kind of wanted to do. You know what I mean? I kind of wanted to have a thing to where a kid has a good game on a Friday night and he opens up the paper and he sees his name. That's cool to him, you know. Absolutely. Her, you know, if yeah. it's volleyball, whatever it is, you know. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 I know, like, we used to read the sound off, which was mostly people calling in. I'm writing in, you know, but it was, I mean, that kind of stuff was cool. You know, you'd have certain people would write in about, you know, this game or whatever, you know, a lot of it, it was, you know, just back and forth, basically what you have on Facebook now. But, you mean, you can, you know, you can control those type of things to where you're only putting out, you know, being positive stuff to these kids and just trying to let them see, hey, somebody's watching, somebody's seeing what you're doing, you know. And I just, I think giving them some type of platform to get their name, even out local, you know, is, is will be kind of a cool thing for them to see. Yeah, yeah. Just for example, man, um, Horatio Washington. I don't know if you got a chance to meet him, but he he goes to Guatemala every year. I, I think for three years now. He graduates um, this year, and he made the uh, Super Eleven like out of the Tuscaloosa News um, for his football his senior year. And uh, that's, cool. that's just it was unreal to see him in that. It's that same thing you're talking about. I, was, I flip it open, and my connection is when I moved back is I was interim youth pastor for a short period of time for like three or four yeah. months. And he was, he was in that youth group. And, uh, I remember just getting to know the kid and like, he's just an outstanding human. You know what I mean? Wow. Like on the field, off the field, he's, he's the same and he's, he's got great Christian values and character and he's, he's just a jam up guy. And it's someone that you want to pull for and like, He's easy to pull for, and I mean, he's getting, he just made Super 11. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, all that kind of stuff's cool. You know what I mean? It's, I remember reading it, 
you know, back, like I said, back in, you know, when I was younger, you, know, you read this kid's that Like, I, I don't remember, I don't know if you ever heard about when Bryant first started, the high school first started, and, and they, they destroyed everybody the first two years. And, you know, they lost in like the, whatever, second or third round of the playoffs. But, I mean, during a regular season, I want to say the first year, I don't even know if they had a point scored on them in the regular season. If it wasn't just like a field goal late in the season. Good grief. Yeah, and from that class, you had uh, Brandon Johnson go to Auburn, uh, Antoine Odom go to Alabama, and then uh, Dwayne Lavelle went to Southern Miss. You know, but there was all these other kids that went to other local schools. You know what I mean? They, they weren't necessarily as big of schools as those three. But, yeah. You know, it was just cool seeing that. And I remember seeing, like, reading their names in the paper and seeing their pictures in the paper, like front page of the local, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just cool seeing those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, and nowadays, I mean, don't get me wrong, Facebook can do those things. It's just not there. It's, you know what I mean? Nobody's just not doing it, you know? Yeah. I don't want to make you cry. Don't wanna make you yell back at me. Don't wanna make you lie. I don't wanna make you say you're happy. Tell me why it's worth us hanging 
That was Hanging Tough, Spencer Thomas's title track off his album. And he will be in Memphis on the 9th at DKDC. Jackson, Mississippi at Offbeat on the 10th. Oxford at Proud Larry's on the 11th. And Greenwood, Mississippi on the 12th at Turn Row Books. He'll also be splitting that set with a friend of his, Schaefer. So uh, check that out if you're in the area. And uh, follow him on uh, Spotify. Put that on your playlist. Download the album on Apple Music, however you listen. Check uh, check Spencer Thomas out. All right. Back to the show. Well, man, just I guess just while we're on football, um, and just Alabama, man, like 11-2. and two, And I was telling you earlier, uh, before I hit record, was... It's it's a weird season to me, but uh, you know I I was proud of it. And like just hey, eleven and two, it was weird not to be in the playoffs. But we have a possibility that we're gonna have a lot of kids coming back for the next season. That typically doesn't happen with an Alabama team. I think the coaches are gonna hang around. That typically hasn't happened lately. I was like, we got we got some pretty cool things coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like we were, we were talking about the whole Dylan Moses thing. You know, that's whatever's really ultimately going to wind up happening again, which seems like he's staying. You know, which he really seems like the one. Which you know, I think uh, Alex Leatherwood actually is staying too. That's left tackle. That's huge. Yeah, and because uh, he's our best one. I feel like. Yeah, I, I feel like a few guys is is kind of waiting around to see what Tua does, but. You know, I mean, it's that, like the Tua situation. I don't blame him one bit for whatever he decides to do. Um, I don't either. I, mean, I am interested to see what the Bryce Young, the quarterback out of California, that just that, that just came in. Yeah, I'm it, really curious to see what he does because watching all his stuff, he's extremely talented. Yeah, when uh, I saw that he was interested in Bama, and then I saw that he signed and uh, Cobb, my Auburn buddy, he's on the show all the time, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, he brought it up to me first. Like, he came over to the house, and that was the first thing he said. And he said, what about that Bryce Young? And I was like, I can't believe it. Yeah. I was like, we have Tua. Uh, Mac Jones is not bad. We have Talia. We have Bear Bryant's Paul grandson. Tyson. Yeah, Paul yeah. Tyson. And I was like, now Bryce Young. I was like, we're going to have to like turn some of them into athletes and find a different way to get them in the game or something. I was like, I can't believe there's this much talent in the quarterback position at once. Well, you know, there's another one that, that came in from the state of Alabama. He's a four-star. He played quarterback. He actually broke a handful of Bo Nick's records, from what I understand. Oh, wow. And uh, state records. But he's, he's not going to be a quarterback. He's going in as an athlete. I mean, it's just you're too deep at quarterback. You know, I mean, you, you're going to have to be elite to beat that crew. And, you know, I mean, they're already pretty much from the get-go. You're coming in as an athlete. Yeah. Which he can do like uh, Bolden did this year. He would come in and, th- and, and throw a little short down stuff. He can run it. He can throw it. You know, it's, it's cool to see players like him be used. And that Ali Caho, you know, come in and mm-hmm. block a punt and, Catches, you know what I mean. Return his own punt, block punt for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. You know, then next thing you know, he's on offense playing. So I'm just cool watching athletes like that play. But it's really interesting to see how this quarterback situation is going to go, especially if if Tua stays. Mm-hmm. Because 
I mean, I, announcers, and I think McElroy was the guy that said it. He was like, um, Mac has done a phenomenal job with, um, and, and I knew he would. He's second string for a reason, and, you know, bad car of the draw with the hip injury, uh, that sucks, but, like, everybody's like, oh, my God, we don't have two, and I was like, Mac is going to do a fine job. But first thing Greg said, if Tua comes back, we all know whose team it is next season. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean that's that's no doubt. You know what I mean? And, and now if if Tua does go, it's like where are we gonna go? You know what I mean? It, yeah. it goes back to Blake Barnett, Jalen Hurst years, you know what I mean, where you're like, you got all this talent, who do you go with? You know? Uh huh. Do we make the right decision? A lot of people feel like when Jalen Hurts won the job that Blake Barnett left too early. A lot of people feel like Blake Barnett was who they wanted. He just wasn't playing where he needed to be. Right. And, you know, he goes off and I don't even, I think he went to like Colorado State or something like that. I don't think he's done much since. But, you know, then everybody in the world knows what Jalen Hurst has done. So, yeah. you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's definitely interesting to see. I mean, somebody's going to have, somebody's probably going to wind up transferring, you know, and it's like the whole transfer portal thing is, in situations like that, like you can completely understand it, yeah. You know, and then like you got the whole Justin Fields transfer, and then, you know what I mean. It's just it's kind of one of those things where it's like, where do you really stand on it? Because you can see where sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's, it's really, you know, it's like this this guy got his feelings hurt because he couldn't beat the other guy out, so let's transfer. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And like this, like I'll say it with Jalen is like I think Jalen done it right was. um he could have done exactly like Kelly Bryant and transferred out and not played, not been on the team that season, right? But he right. stuck it out because there's this idea of I'm on this team, I'm a part of this team, I want to be on this team. So I'm going to, even though I might not get the job, I'm going to bust it at practice each each day and try to get that spot. Yeah. And, and, like, and I mean, I think, I think you really won most of the people in the countries that follow sports. You know what I mean? He kind of won them over by doing that way. And, and I think it's a great thing. I mean, there's, everybody's pulling for him. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's, I mean, you know, you obviously you're going to have some people who just don't, you know I mean? They just don't like him. I mean, I do think Tua was a better quarterback. Than him. You I know, do. So I think the right decision was made to a playing over him. I do too. But you still can't say, I mean, look what he did for you. You know what I mean? He gets you to the championship mm-hmm. twice. You know what I mean? And just, I mean, the guy had a, a great career. You know what I mean? It's going to be something memorable. It's, it's actually cool that, you know, like, I feel like when I'm when, when you're younger, I, that kind of stuff would happen. You know, now it's like that kind of stuff's happening at our age or so where we're like, we got to witness it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he may go, he goes to the NFL, he may be a bus. You know what I mean? Or he may go on to be, you know, average or slightly above average career. And, and whenever he retires one day, it's like, you know, I'll watch this guy go through everything. You know what I mean? You can throw at him. Yeah. He took all of it. You yeah, know? He persevered. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, and then, like, what was crazy about, like, Kelly Bryant when he went to Missouri? Like, I anticipated Missouri being a whole lot better in the East than what they were this season. And, like, I, you flip on ESPN and – Never hear his name. <laughs> no, I mean, 
they started out the season maybe three and oh. Yeah. Two and oh, something like that. I mean they had a little run going and you would hear a little bit of talk about it and then like they lose and then you don't hear about them again. It's like it's over with, you know, and like to be honest with you, I never watched them play a game. Never watched one of their games. Yeah, I watched. I it's think just, I watched him twice, just because I wanted. To, I was like, "Why am I not hearing about the guy?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and you know, for me, like, because I wasn't necessarily hearing much. I mean, I kept up with what they were kind of doing, but like, it was like, "Oh well," you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's not doing anything, so you know what I mean. It, you know, it's just unfortunate when you have he's he's actually a, a decent quarterback. You know, you fit into their system. Uh-huh. Well, at Clemson, but when you have a Trevor Lawrence come along, it's like, what do you do? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I can't beat this guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it might be a so, Bryce Young thing. That might be what we're about to see this coming season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody knows, getting their feelings you know hurt. I mean? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just it's just interesting how it's going to go. I mean, I mean, that's what happened. Like I said, that's what happened with Blake Barnett. You know, I mean, he trades out, and then, I mean. You know, he transfers out, and you'll never hear from him again. This is, man. I'm not sure. I have to look up where he went, but, you know, Lane Kiffin wanted him. At Florida Atlantic? Lane Kiffin recruited him. Oh. Oh. Well, when he was at, before Alabama, before he ever came to Alabama's offense coordinator, he was recruiting him when he was, you know, younger. So whenever he got to Alabama, he got, you know, he wanted to play there. He, he's the one who wanted him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. But I guess he just, like I said, I was feeling certain, figured he could do better somewhere else. But Yeah. Man, I, I feel like the biggest thing with college football for me is I'm interested to see what LSU does next year. Because I think they're a better team than Clemson. I think their offense is better. I feel like they're going to win this. They're going to beat Clemson. I think Clemson wins because <laughs> of defense, man. The Clemson's definitely got the better defense. Cause my mind goes back to this. My mind goes back to um, the LSU Auburn game, and then my mind goes to the LSU Alabama game. When you know, if you if you take out, and you can't, and I'm not crying about it, but if you take out the first quarter, <laughs> when Alabama was just like, oh, so this is a game called football, and this is how we play. Yeah, and so that, we, we throw it to the people in the other jerseys. Or we, you know, we give all to the other team. Like, yeah. yeah, and so after they started playing ball, well, you've had a different ball game altogether. And then if it wasn't for the 31 miss holding calls with the Auburn game, I wonder what would have happened with that. <laughs> right, and, and you know, the Auburn game in itself was kind of a strange situation because the field was a terrible mess. and You know what I mean? They couldn't get anything going, but – at the same time, you have to adapt. You know what I mean? Especially when you have a team full of five stars. Right. You know what I mean? You have to be able to adapt. And just watching the way they've been throwing the ball. Yeah, you got Joe Burrow completing 80% of his passes. Yeah. And they're not short passes. No. They're not screens. No, that's you know what, what I mean? Like yeah, like watching hit. that Oklahoma game, man, it's like they get the ball – Let's just say the twenty-five. Two plays later, that they're at the other twenty-five. Right. Like they're and already then, about to like score again. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like the way Alabama did that. 
you know, two of the ball, 10 yards of Henry Rose, he takes it for 70. You know, I mean, what, nobody can keep up with him. Now, I mean, you're on the wide receivers at, at LSU are good. I don't feel like they compared, I think, receiving core versus their receiving core versus Alabama receiving core. I felt like Alabama was a little better talented. I, I do too. But, I thought we had the best in the country. But watching the way that LSU's brought everything together, it's like how much of it is Joe Burrow, how much of it is Joe Brayton, you know? Yeah. Is it a fine mixture of the two? And that's kind of what I'm interested in. You know, Joe Burrow is gone next year. Right. So do they bring in this Brennan, Miles Brennan kid, and they never miss a beat? Well, then Joe Burrow maybe not be what we think he is. Or if they come in and they just look like they did last year, maybe yeah. Joe Burrow is a real deal. You know, and it's that's what's interesting to me to see how that goes, how I, that plays out. I wonder if it is both, know, last man. year. He wasn't all that. And then you get this no, offensive coordinator, and then he's magic. Yeah. But I think it lights out. Yeah, you but know, you don't, you don't. The whole play style changed. Like LSU traditionally did not pass that much. It's kind of like the Alabama offense this season. We wouldn't traditionally right. pass this much. And I well, think. I mean, how many times have you, have you seen the LSU line up on first, first and 10 and throw the ball? Literally every every time. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, years pass, it's like, no, nah, we got a winner from that. Yeah. Or we got a guys. You know, no, we're going to let him run it two times, and then we didn't do nothing. Let's try to throw it. We couldn't We couldn't complete it, so it was punt. Yeah. You know, and it's like, now they're throwing first and second down and running. You know what I mean? Like, <coughs> to open up the run. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely cool to watch. You know, I do think it's. I'd say defenses as a whole in the SEC are down. We're down this year. And and what's weird is you have, you know, Auburn, who's always, every year they have a good year there. It's amazing offense. Mm-hmm. Defense is okay. Well, this year they got a great defense. Yeah. And, with a, you know, light luster offense. So, yeah. It's like everything shifted. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's just, it was crazy to watch that, you know, Auburn's got the best defense. Mm-hmm. You know, and Alabama and LSU's got two best offenses in the West, and it's like, what am I watching? You know, then Georgia, it's like a twilight zone. You know, then, yeah, then then Georgia does what they do every time. So, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like Kirby Smart is kind of becoming a Mark Rick. It's like he'll get you to the championship game, but he won't win it. Right, and and now he's got Dan Mullen on his heels, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dan Mullen's got Florida running pretty good. You know, I mean, Did you hear what he said after man, winning that bowl game? Games, but, what's that? Did you hear what Mullen said after winning that bowl game? No, he I said didn't see uh, we got a lot of guys coming back. We got some new faces coming in, and uh, we're just gonna get geared up, and we're gonna win a championship next season. We're getting. Well, he said. He said we're getting ready to win a championship, and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> he had Mississippi State number one team in the country. Yeah, uh, and that's why, like, <laughs> I mean, that's why, like, with Moorhead, like, I've heard state fans say good riddance, and I've heard others say one more year. I just wanted them to have one more year. But when you come into having the number one defense in the in the nation, state had it last season. Was supposed to be the right. best defense. It wasn't because it wasn't coached correctly. And then two, you had Nikki Fitz. 
a hell of a running back in a decent receiving core. And you don't do anything with that? Right. And then the next season, you have a hell of a defense again. And I didn't hear a linebacker's name called pretty much the whole season. It was the front four getting things done. And I was like, state ain't all that, but that ain't state. (laughs) Right. But, you know, I'm all about giving a coach their time. You know what I mean? Yeah. For one thing, like, who are you going to get? You know, look what look what Arkansas did. Them firing Chad Morris when they did was kind of like, don't get me wrong, the guy completely had a terrible season. Yeah. But you get rid of him to go for the offensive line coach from Georgia. <laughs> you yeah. Know, it, 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 I mean, it's just you're back to a question mark. You know what I mean? What do we do? You know what I mean? Are we Do we do better? Do we do worse? You know what I mean? I know he's coached at Arkansas before. Yeah, you know, he, he was the guy. Coach, but. Wasn't it, he was there during the time of? Uh, oh gosh, it was when Arkansas was good. Had the running back. Oh, what was his name? It was he was big part of the recruiting and getting that dynamite offense. I can't even remember the quarterback's name. Was that Felix Felix Jones? Yeah, that yeah. Did they have him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's one of them. That's one of the guys. Yeah, but he had a, and I think that's why Arkansas believes in him like they do. And that's, you know, I mean, that's just a wait and see. You know what I mean? That's the kind of thing. I do hope they give him a little bit more of a chance than they gave Chad Morris. But, you know, the thing is with Chad Morris, like he didn't even compete in his SEC games, you know. Yeah. I mean, as far as – and and this was a year to do it. Like, Yeah, everybody was down. It wasn't great. Yeah. Um, You know, Ole Miss is there to – you know what I mean? And they, they just couldn't get anything done. I mean, <laughs> that school will never will never be a powerhouse school. You know what I mean? It's not going to be consistently raking in five-star athletes. You know what I mean? But then mm-hmm. if they can steal one, you know, two, half, you know, if they can win 10 games one year, you know what I mean? Like just something like that, have a decent year, make a bowl game for a few years in a row. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Right, Man, they should be able to do that there, you know. Especially with, I mean, you look at their team; they always have a huge offensive line, mm-hmm. you know. And the fact they're bringing in an offensive line coach as their head coach, you know what I mean? It should just, but they just haven't been able to do it, you know. And I mean, the whole thing with Ole Miss firing Mark Luke, Matt Luke, when they did, it was kind of like he finally gets to really recruit because now his kids can go to a bowl game. Yeah, and they're firing. I mean, to get Lane Kiffin, I, you know, I do think it was probably a, a decent move. You know, looking back now, but at the same time, it's like just give the man a chance. A lot of the kids on the team wanted to play for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah, and it was crazy seeing Matt Luke in a Georgia uniform. Yeah, yeah, immediately. Yeah, immediately <laughs> effective. <laughs> right. Uh, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss to me is like, will Lane Kiffin stay longer than two years? Because his track record of staying anywhere isn't long. No, <laughs> was he at Florida Atlantic longer than just about anywhere? That's about average for him, and that was I think two, three years. <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. I mean, you know, he 
And they have the She's funniest thing going, man. Like, I'm close enough to Oxford and Ole Miss fans to, like, they're on the lane train. And life in the fast yeah. lane. You know, and they got all these sayings. And I'm like, in two years, you're going to hate his guts, probably. <laughs> right. Yeah, in two years, he's going to do what you do to y'all what he did at Tennessee. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but, I mean, you never know. You know, I mean, he might, he might get there and stay. I mean, that, yeah, that, that might be his thing. Yeah, I think it, maybe yeah. it's, it's worth a shot. Yeah, maybe he was looking to get back into a big school, you know. And, and, and Ole Miss isn't a big school, but Ole Miss has a potential to be a decent school, you know. Yeah. Like, their, their ceiling to me is a lot higher than Arkansas or Florida Atlantic ever could be, you know. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you take, for instance, like what UCF did. I mean, they go undefeated like two years and they never get no respect. You know what I mean? Like, that's the <laughs> yeah. same thing he could do at Florida Atlantic. So – you know, I mean, it's just, I think he's in a better school. He can recruit better here. You know, I, I do look for him to be disruptive. I mean, he's going to mess up some things. You know, I, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be next year, you know, but I mean, soon he could, he could mess up some things. But, yeah. You know, and, but then you got to watch out because, like, Jimbo Fisher's starting to be on the hot seat. Yeah. You know, I don't agree with that, he, though. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, look I mean, at their season. They got beat by only people they should have been beat by. Right. And, and I mean, they had a, a incredibly tough schedule. Yeah. they. Uh, I think they ended up with the – I think South Carolina was the toughest and they were second toughest. And Auburn was third, yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean, you got uh, A&M played Clemson when they were still ranked number one. They played three number ones when they were number one, I think. Yeah. And they played Auburn, too, by the way. Right. Realistically, they played, you know, just, just playing Alabama and Clemson along on your regular schedule preseason was enough to be like, okay, you're going to lose those games. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not, don't worry about winning those two. Yeah, just be competitive, you know, just, okay? Just don't look terrible. Yeah. And, not, and then let alone LSU does what they do. You know what I mean? Auburn comes in with a great defense. And it's like, you know, it was just a dom- you know, I mean, it's just one thing after another. They just couldn't do what they needed to do in those games. And then, I mean, like you said, South Carolina, I mean, their schedule was ridiculous, too. So. And they snuck one out. Yeah. Yeah, them beating Georgia was pretty big. I did love it. I mean, realistically, them beating Georgia kept two SEC teams out of the playoffs. It did. That was because that was that was Georgia's run right there. Yeah, that was it. I mean, they because that was Georgia I mean, losing the championship game and still getting in. You know, I think they may have been in instead of Oklahoma, but in the end of the day, I think the four that got in that was right. Yeah, yeah. Looking back at how everything played off, yeah. Because I mean, now I I hate to say this because of <laughs> me being an Alabama fan, but a lot of times. You know, you, you have your chance to play those games if it don't work out for you. You know, it's kind of like, do you get that chance? You know what I mean? Should you really get that other chance? But luckily, as an Alabama fan, every time Alabama's got that chance, they've proven that they've deserved it. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like, what do you, where do you go? I can definitely see, like, you know, LSU's fans upset 
over the fact that they had to play Alabama again in a BCS national championship game. Like I, I get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you get you beat them now. You beat them because Alabama missed fifty-seven field goals. But you know, yeah, like, I'm just I don't know if you're how long it's going to take for you to see that kind of football again. Either you know what I mean that's what's interesting about the way things are going now. I mean, nine to six football games is not near as it's fun for most people to watch as a forty, you know, forty-eight to forty-five football game, right? But a, a nine to six football game is pretty fun if you like the defensive wise. You know what I mean? If you can see that, man, these guys are exactly where they're supposed to be. They're not giving you an inch, you know. And it's like you, you got two really good running games; they can't do anything, you know. But you, you, will we ever see that again? Because now everybody's throwing the ball every time they touch it, you know. Yeah. It's like instead of run, run, pass, we're going to pass, pass, maybe run. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? We may just throw it again. But... And, and what I mean by run is we're just going to dump it off to the running back in the flats. Yeah. Which, you know, Najee Harris comes out with seven receiving touchdowns this year. I think that's right. And I think that's the most by any album running back. You know what I mean? It's kind of like even our running backs catching a ton of balls, you know? Yeah. And that last touchdown that he got on Michigan, like I didn't, I didn't want to score a touchdown on that drive. Like I would have been like, okay, right when we get the clock where we want it, I don't care if we're at the two, just take the knee and let's let's take it home. There ain't no sense in it. But after like him carrying six people two times, yeah. I was like, let this man get a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that's exactly the way I felt about it, you know. But but then again, at the same time, this is the first time that Nick Saban's gotten to play Jim Harbaugh since the comments he made out about saving the cheap. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's kind of like at the same time, it's like I gotta get that back at him. And this man just slung people off of him and was wrapped up and got out of it. You know what I mean? He deserves it. Yeah. This is the last game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Last time he's gonna get touched the football as album player. Yeah, just let him get in there. You know. Yeah. And he's been a workhorse since Tua went down. You know what I mean? Yes, they've, he they've never relied on it. Mm-hmm. So. But, yeah, man, this, this college football is getting interesting, especially the SEC, seeing the shift that they're starting to make. You know, it's like you hate to look at it and say, Gus Malzahn started all this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, like, you don't want to credit Gus for very much being an Alabama fan, but, it, like, He's been running this similar style. Now he's been a run heavy, but it's been an option. You know what I mean? And he's ran the offense where he wants to spread you out. Yeah, you don't want to run down your throat. You know what I mean? And, yeah, I, I think I would, man. Like I think like that that fast pace. Um, I think Alabama takes RPO to a different approach, but I think I would credit him with that. Yeah. <laughs> <It's bad. I> mean, <laughs> Dang it, Gus. Right. I mean, whenever his whenever his offense was going, and, and you know, you look at Nick Marshall as he was not an amazing quarterback, but he fit that perfectly. Right. You know, and he made the right decisions most of the time, and then you had a running back who worked with it, and it's like, you know they're going to run it, but they got 15 different ways they can run it. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. what are they going to do? You know what I mean? So Yeah, how do you, you prepare know, for that? Most of the time they was going to run that ball. So, 
Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I don't know. I'm curious to see where it's going to go, man. And college football has changed so much. You got the earlier signing days, and you had the playoffs introduced. And now, like, I don't know, man. I've been thinking about this. Is uh, with conference championships really not meaning anything anymore, especially in the SEC with, you know, two teams from here can possibly get in even if they lose this game. Just try not to get too banged up. I'm almost thinking, like, maybe do away with conference championships in the future and maybe treat college football as all independent and just take oh. – and, and widen the playoffs maybe to eight teams or maybe 16, I don't know, and just have one big playoff at the end. Take the 16 best. I mean, where do you – you know, if you look at this year alone – if you don't play that SEC championship game, you probably do wind up with two SEC teams. Yeah. And maybe some I mean, seasons you might have three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you never know. I mean, just say you take, for instance, I mean, just say this year Alabama would, would have beat Auburn. Yeah. You know, they lost a close one to LSU. And then you have Georgia sitting over there that lost to South Carolina. But within the eye test, you know, if you're going to pick the best teams, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if whatever, I mean, this is, you know, a bunch of hips, but this is just throwing that scenario in there of three teams. You know what I mean? What, what do you do? I mean, how do you, how do you say, no, you're out? You know what I mean? Or yeah. It's just a lot of four. Four definitely makes it interesting, but – I felt like the BCS made it to where every game mattered. Yeah. You know, your conference game mattered. Every, every game mattered on the BCS to where now, until like said, until, could, until Alabama broke the BCS. Right. And that was the year yeah, that, so I, mean, I think that was the year, you know, Alabama LSU played and then everybody was crying. It was like, this ain't right. They played right. already. And it's like, well, that's the yeah, two so, best teams. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, what what do you need? Do you need a situation where LSU, Alabama, and Georgia, all three get into the playoffs? You know, do you need that kind of situation for them to say, okay, this is broken, let's fix it? Yeah. You know, I mean, what, what do you do? I mean, because, I mean, okay, Ohio State finally didn't lose to a small team, too. You know what I mean? So, they were able to make it in. Mm-hmm. And then, should they have beat Clemson? You know, they didn't. You know what I mean? So... It was a good game. It was a fun game to watch. Yeah, you know that, what I mean. And I, I think that I think that was definitely the right call. Them two together. You know what I mean. The, the, you know, ranking them two and three. Oh yeah, that was magic. And no, and like yeah. it didn't matter who four was going to be. I think four was going to get done dirty by LSU regardless. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean any anybody that was even in the talk of being ranked number four didn't stand a chance so I mean, it was definitely three teams that separated themselves yeah you know and, and they got those three right but you know number four it was like just kind of toss a name up there you know what I mean and, <laughs> yeah here uh, just do your best okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah they like to pass yeah and they're stupid yeah, good, good luck at it. good luck stopping their pass <laughs> yeah yeah, that was. Uh, I hated that for Jalen. Like, I really, I really wanted. Uh, I wanted Jalen's career to end on like a high note. But um, props to him. Yeah, I mean, 
it would have made for an amazing story if he goes in there and he wins it all. Oh, it would have been a movie. You know what I mean? It would have been a movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I never once felt like Oklahoma was good enough to hang with any of those three. No. So. But you, and, you know, that's where I feel like the committee is kind of lacking in a sense because their whole goal is to give you the four best teams. Yeah. You know, and then who do you, how far do you go back to say, okay, but y'all are, y'all are all got a better record, but this team's actually better than y'all. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, you can't, you can't, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so, you don't justify that. <laughs> right. So, I mean, they all, like the committee almost has their hands tied by their Records. own rankings they put out. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And everybody just kind of works herself out. I mean, I felt like every team played into where they are. You know what I mean? You look at where they are, that's where they are. And then personally, after top four, it really don't matter anymore. It doesn't. You know what I mean? It doesn't. I mean, I did like the, I did like, you know, Alabama playing Michigan. Oh, I thought that was awesome. I liked Auburn playing Minnesota. Yeah, and it, I mean, I never would have thought Minnesota would be guilty. No, but I didn't you know, either. Like, you gave them their chance, and they did it. But I mean, UCF did the same thing, you know. So mm-hmm. it's definitely interesting. There's definitely a trend going on that I'm curious to see if it keeps going that way. But you know, the NFL starting to to, to almost look that way in a, in a sense. You know, with Lamar Jackson doing the things that he's doing. The whole the whole landscape of football is changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and uh, the crazy thing is, it starts at like high school level. Yeah, you know, and then you know, is it because these coaches are moving up, or these kids know how to play this way, or is it just you know what I'm saying? Like what what makes it move that way? You know what I mean? It's just it's just interesting to see. Yeah, how all that plays out. Yeah, and it's cool, like you said, like I think at the very beginning of opening up with sports and just talking about it, it's like these are stories that we're going to be able to tell that we personally saw at an age that we could comprehend what we were seeing. Right. And it's a it's a game completely changing. Yeah, I mean, it's going from, you know, you're gonna, running back has a job to do, you know what I mean, and now <laughs> running back is a blocker. Yeah. Or, He's going to run out and catch in the flats. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's, it's definitely cool to see it all uh, you know, unfold and play out the way it is. And it's almost like the coaches or players or whatever we have now, we're all sitting around playing, you know, Madden or NCAA football to where that's typically what you would do is pass, 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 pass. <laughs> Right. Yeah, this is the way I can make up the most yards as quick as way as I'm going to throw the ball. Yeah, because, I mean, we're only you know, playing three-minute games. I want to put up a lot of points. Right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, typically, like, you would watch a team, when they're throwing the ball crazy, like, a lot, it's because they're behind. You know? Yeah. And now it's like, no, we're up 30 points when we're still slinging the ball. Yeah. It's just what we do. Yeah, this is the only way we know how to play. <laughs> so we just keep doing this. Is this the end? What are we gonna tell the family and the kids? What happened to all the promises that were made between me and you? This is just like 
just like dead I remember the kid Who protected his mother from his father's fist What happened to him? Did he grow up just to be the same man he was fighting? Cause this is just like This is just like Just like death Is This the End by Black Betty? That's Joshua Cosby's project. Um, dropped an EP last year, six tracks. Uh, it's it's a special little EP. Each song is uh, it has got a great meaning behind it, the story behind it. You can find those stories in special live recordings that he's done on his Instagram or on his Facebook page, on the Black Betty Facebook page. You can find it on the Porch Talk page as well. Also, check out Nikki Red's Ghost that's like riding in a Lamborghini and Jeremy Stanfield. And since we're on the subject, check out Star Massey. All right, back to the show. Let's get on this for a little bit, man. I wanted to I wanted to talk about foster care with you, man. I, like I was telling you, is, uh, man, in my prayers, and I'm just so proud of y'all's ministry and what y'all do, man. So if whatever you can share about that, uh, just kind of get the word out on foster care. Yeah, I mean, so so some things are limited, you know, as far as, like, kids' names in certain situations and things like that. But, you know, the so, so for us, personally, for our, you know, whole journey really started not long after we started dating. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you ever met Jody and Derek, which is Caitlin's um, sister and brother-in-law. They were in well, Africa. They, they were in Africa pretty much the whole time I was oh. in Mobile. But they came home for Christmas one year, and I got to meet both of them. But it was brief. Okay, that was that's the year we got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was the year that. So it was that, so it's Malaysia. They've been in Malaysia and uh, Malaysia. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But even <laughs> even even at that even at that time, like that was that was disclosed information. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and and not many people know about it. And now, you know, I mean, they now they post about it all on Facebook and, and things like that. So now it's more open. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people didn't even know. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, they 
they're they're still over them. I, mean, I think they're pretty much going to make a a career out of it. And uh, but anyway, they so they fostered. Theirs was more of a foster to adopt, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, and man, just seeing the the kids come through their home, and they, I, I don't. I don't remember the exact number. I want to say they may have fostered around six kids until they finally adopted. Uh, and just the, I guess just seeing the need, you know what I mean? And, and, and Lord speaking to us through them about what, you know, hey, this is a need here. You know what I mean? And we knew from way back then, I mean, it's before we ever got married, before we were ever dating, I mean, before we were ever got engaged or anything, it's kind of like, we're going to do this one day, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so with, you have to be married three years in Alabama, of course, through, so we, we foster through Alabama Baptist Children's Home. Yeah. And it's either their rules, three years, or DHR. I'm not 100% sure which, whose rules that is, but I'm pretty sure it's you have to be married for two to three years. And, uh, basically go through, 30 hours of classes, like training, and then uh, background checks, doctor of physicals, make sure you're in good enough shape. They just come out and sit, do an interview with you at your home, and then ask you a ton of questions about your childhood. They're like, I never even thought about, you know, and they just, for an hour, they just sit there and ask you all these questions, and then they do a home study. Basically, they check your house out, make sure everything's good, look at your finances a little bit, not a whole lot. Then, then, uh, and that's pretty much you get your your license and like we were going about it kind of slow so we did our classes you know was doing things around the house that we wanted to have done before it happened and we kind of got a phone call and it was like we need you to hurry up <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, so so we kind of pushed us so we did yeah. we got these we got two boys a, a 10 and 6 year old boy and boys brothers and um we only had them for two weeks, but yeah. it was like, you know, just those two weeks. Like I remember every bit of. I mean, that was last not. It was October of 2018, so you know, I mean, it was over a year ago now, and it's like I remember those two weeks. You know what I mean? Because it was like, I'm responsible for these kids now. You know what I mean? So it was a it was a huge deal to, yeah. You know, and, and to both of us. You know, and and we had a lot of fun and. The six-year-old presented us with a good bit of trouble. <laughs> really just getting us ready for the six-year-old we have now, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, um, <laughs> man, so from from that time, from that October, I want to say we got our license like October 20th something to the next, something like from the one year point, we had 10 different kids come through. And uh, never never more than three uh, except for right now right now we have four and it's a the situation's a little different now and the one-year-old girl we have she came to us at three days old in in that in our first actually our second week of being foster parents she came to us as a three-day-old baby wow we had her for three months and then she went to her great aunt and then, we'll say five, about five months later, her great aunt had to go back to work and basically had to put her back in foster care. And she came back to us and we got her 
ever since now. And so, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a need there. You know I mean? As I, as I say, just, just us alone in a year's time would foster 10 different kids, you know? And, yeah. And not everybody's story that way. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people, the kid now have them for a year. I mean, we, the people that we've went to classes with, I think three families from the classes, well, four count us have been licensed and two of them's already adopted. You know what I mean? So it's not like every case is that way at all. You know, it's yes. just, it's the way it went for us, you know, and, and it has a lot to do with we'll taking a kid, you know, we've, we've had kids from every different style of background, you know what I mean? It's, each one presents his own challenge, you know, but also at the same time, like there's, there's huge rewards and little milestones and what the kids can do, you know? Absolutely. And, um, yeah, man, I, yeah, uh, man, that's, go ahead. I'm, uh, I'm hundred percent for it, man. Like I was, I, I talk about it a lot and I, man, it's a, it's a big dream to be able to, uh, to be able to have a family or to be able to have a home that looks like that. Um, we all come, you know, different backgrounds, whatever, you know, whatever the, the past, but we're here now. We got a family and we got this, Yeah. we got this, we got this nucleus thing and it's, Hey, it's, uh, it's wild. It's crazy, but, uh, it's us. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's exactly what this is, man. I mean, you know, anytime anybody like, comes over or we bring the kids over and they're like stuff's just happening you know what i mean like things <laughs> yeah. are going on and we got a seven-year-old a six-year-old and two one-year-olds so you know what i mean it's, <laughs> it gets pretty rowdy at times you know and yeah they uh yeah, i mean we just take it you know I mean, we just go with it like everything just kind of works you know what i mean and like don't get me wrong i mean the the seven and six-year-olds are all over the place especially this well, I say seven and six. They're about to be seven and six. <laughs> but anyway, they're they're all over the place. You know what I mean? And he's... The, so he's actually five. But anyway, the, the boy, he, uh, he he's, he's not stopped. I mean, there's never not a time where he's not moving. I mean, he, he almost cuts, cuts flips at the dinner table sitting in his chair. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, just, he's all over the place and... And you know me enough to know I'm nothing like that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, not so, high energy. No, not not at all. You know what I mean? My thing, I like to go just just easy and chill, and he's just one hundred percent different. You know. <laughs> um, it, it's cool because you know when he first came to us, it was a lot of a lot of trust issues and you know trauma and things like that. Well, you know, first few times like giving him a hug, like his body's so tense, you know, and and I'll tell him like just just calm down you know what I mean like yeah. just ease you know and then it took a few times you know and now like when he comes to give you a hug it's like like he falls into you you know what I mean like you can feel like his body's not tense anymore you know what I mean and, and you know it's just it's just cool to see those kind of things develop you know and, and how they do things I mean don't get me wrong he still gets some time out at least once a day but <laughs> you know what I mean he's, he's definitely come a long way yeah, man. Yeah, I mean it's just it's, it, just it's that perfect story, man. It's just uh, it's the perfect representation of, uh, I mean, what 
Christ has done for us is uh, as far as our adoption into God's family. And it's like a living illustration of what it looks like. And I've, I've always, man, that's like, that's always been a dream of mine to be able to foster like that. So like I say, man, I just, I love what y'all are doing, man. All, all prayers and encouragement for y'all, man. Super proud of y'all. Yeah, I mean, we, we appreciate it. And like I said, it was, it's definitely needed. I mean, it's, there's, there's a huge need, you know what I mean? It's, and it's all the way around. It's, you know, four, five, four kids in foster care for, for the foster parents. You know what I mean? There's times where it, things get pretty rough, you know? I mean, it, it came down to a situation where we almost had to choose between the two one-year-olds we have. And it's like, you know, we have one since April. Yeah. And the other one we had as a baby, like, how do you how do you tell me you choose this? Like you're asking me between my kids, you know, it didn't work out and they allowed us to have all four. Yeah. And and it's not because we didn't have the room. They were just worried that It was too much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was too much. You know what I mean? And which is which is a cool thing about going through an agency like the the children's home is you have that advocate for you, you know, and that's who our social worker is. Like she's there for us, you know, and that's and when we got the five, the, so they're, they're actually all five and six. <laughs> when we got those two, she called me, which she never calls me. Usually she calls Caitlin and Caitlin handles everything. Well, she called me and she was asking about mine and her mental health. She was like, where do you feel like y'all stand? You know, a lot of things that just happened. I mean, we had just, you know, two brothers that just went home. Well, they went to a grandpa, which is actually a really good situation and we're happy about, but um, so she was just asking, like, where do y'all feel like y'all are? And didn't really realize why, but those two got moved to us. The brother and sister got moved to us because it's looking like adoption is a very good possibility. So maybe sometime this year, we'll actually be able to adopt those two. Awesome. So, I mean, that'd be, that'd be cool, you know what I mean, getting to say, I, I mean, I'm the type of person where, like, my last name, you know, it means a lot to me. You know what I mean? And being able to give these two kids that, yeah, what wanted. You know what I mean? That's basically what it come down to. That's why they're where they are. I mean, their parents chose things over them. You know what I mean? So, like, I just hope that one day they can look back and say, "Hey, this family wanted me." You know what I mean? Yeah. And like that's. Yeah, I'll carry that name. I'll carry Johnson. Yeah. I mean, that's... Don't get me wrong. Everybody else in the world seems like they have it. (laughs) You know what I mean? But, like, for me to say, you know, man, I want to make y'all mine. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that one day they can look back and say, you know, that was cool. You know what I mean? Just that they did that. You know, and that's really... Like, my my thing, I've always told Caitlin, like, I think is whenever I get old enough, you know, get old or however, whatever Lord has in store for me, when it's my time to go, I want my kids and grandkids to look at me the way I looked at my grandpa, you know? Right. And like, I feel like if I can, if I do that, I'm doing good. Yeah. I feel you, man. Yeah. He was at, uh, he was at rock and, uh, it's crazy. Like, uh, Man, I lost uh, my grandpa when uh, I was living down in Mobile. 
and uh, he had Alzheimer's and dementia the last few years. He he actually got both of those like a little bit after I moved. It set in heavy, and That's um, he was always the guy that uh, I would call if I had any kind of car problems or just problems. And uh, I remember calling, you know, from Mobile, and, like, his mind wasn't there. And, man, that affected me. And, like, when he was in the hospital and I was going back home to be at the hospital on weekends or whatever that looked like, um, I just, I look back on those days now as I'm getting older, and I was like, man, the decisions that that you braved and, everything that you did to build this family and to have this land and man, this is unreal to me. <laughs> yeah. Like as I get I old mean, enough it, to kind of understand some of the stakes that he, he made out. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to, to look back and see the things they did. I mean, like too, too quick. I mean, I got a ton of stories about my grandpa, especially some that my uncles and my dad passed down to me, but two quick stories that, you know, was directly, you know, <laughs> linked to me is, uh, we went to AutoZone in, in the Bayou one day and it was a battery. I, I don't remember the whole thing. I just remember he walked in, he was upset about a battery that he, he's, his claimant was dead on his lawnmower. He bought there. They checked and said it was good. He's like, I'm, you know, he's throwing a, yeah, you know, I never seen him get like this, but he's throwing a fit. You know, yeah. what I mean, he's like, he's upset with him. He's arguing with him. You know, and he's like, something ain't right. Your tests are wrong. I'm telling you something working. You know, and he's just like going on and on. And I'm in here the whole time, and I'm just standing here like, what I do? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, eventually, like we left. You know, we left and we get to the house, and I'm helping with mom when we find out where the fuse born. <laughs> you know, so we change the fuse out. Frank said, fine, everything's good. Yeah. First thing he does, he gets in his truck, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go with him. And he tells me no. He told me to stay here. I was like, okay. So I didn't really know where he went. Well, I want to say it, this wasn't that long before he passed, and I had went back in AutoZone to get something, and there was a lady in there. And I said, look, I, you know, me and my grandpa came in. I don't know if you remember him. He kind of made the scene. I wanted to... You know, he's passed now. I want to kind of apologize on his behalf. And she was like, you don't have to. He came back that day and apologized to us and told us everything. So it was like, that's where he went. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he left right then. He had to go make it right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, looking back, that was like, that takes a lot for somebody to lower their pride enough to go back and say I was wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and to make it right. So, I mean, that's always stuck with me. And then <laughs> my other one, he's... This was three days before he passes. He's basically stuck in the bed. He, he passed from mesothelioma. And um, so he's basically in the bed. And I'm cutting grass at the, at the house. I lived with him. And uh, <laughs> I don't remember the brand of oil. We always called it black. The black jug of oil. But most, I was like, most of these jugs are black. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And, but it was one certain kind. I knew what it was. But I'm out here cutting. And he's trying to get up off the bed and then my uncle's telling me like he's like he was trying to come out there and make sure you had that right kind of oil and that lawnmower before he cranked it up <laughs> I was like man just has his way of doing things you know and I was like you know it was just kind of one of those things to me where 
it doesn't matter how sick he is, like he wants things done the right way, you know. And it was two two big things, you know what I mean, that just stuck out to me years later that I didn't realize I learned a lesson from, but I did, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. I've had similar things. Um, just I was pretty much raised by my grandfather. Uh, lived with them until I moved down to Mobile, pretty much, and uh, like just working on my truck or just the way I do some things it's not right it's just the way that I do it I'm not saying that there's there's not another way it's just I learned it from him <laughs> like there's a million and one ways to change oil but if I see someone else changing you know or you know we're changing oil together and you start doing something different I'm about what are you doing over there right that's that's not the way Right. I mean, that's, that's how he was. I mean, it, you know, he, he built nets for, like, shrimp nets. And uh, so as a young kid, and it was the funnest thing to me was to sit out there with him and, and thread these needles for him. Well, I'd have, like, ten needles threaded for him sitting there ready to go, and a lot of times he's like, I only needed one or two, you know what I mean? But he's just letting me go at it, get these needles ready to go, you know. And, yeah. Um, and later on, he taught me how to patch, so he's left-handed. So I, I'm not left-handed. I can't do anything on my left hand. Yeah. So, but I know how to patch with my left hand. Because <laughs> that's the way he knew. It was all the way he taught me. You know what I mean? So, right. So I learned to patch nets with my left hand. And it's like, I don't even know if I could do it anymore. You know what I mean? That's been years ago. But, but I, I remember it being funny. Like, I do everything right-handed except patch nets. Because <laughs> <You know>? that's <laughs> one of the things he taught me. I remember when... I'm left-handed. I remember it. I was. It took me forever to learn how to tie shoes. Uh, and my great grandmother was left-handed, and she was the one that taught me how. Cause like everyone else, it just wasn't making sense to me. Right. And uh, I mean, since then, like as I got older, especially and in the sports, and especially baseball, my dad um, and grandpa both. They was like, "You're gonna need to do it both ways." <laughs> and I said, yeah. And I mean, even now, like, with playing guitar and, like, some of the things I do, and especially when um was preparing for the mission field and getting ready for that, like, even down to learning how to eat right-handed uh, so as yeah. to not offend the culture. Because, you know, right. the, the left hand is, in some cultures, is the hand you wipe with. <laughs> and so you don't want <laughs> to eat with that hand because... That's what they think that you just did with it, right? <laughs> and then, like, you can't explain to them like I can't do that with this hand, <laughs> you know right? I mean? Like, and you know how yeah. awkward it is. Like, just try this next time you're having a meal. Try using a fork or a knife with your wrong hand. That was yeah, man, that's I, hard to learn how to do. <laughs> yeah, like I, I can, you know, I get out with the kids and throw football, baseball, whatever. But you give it to me with my left hand, I, I will like. I look like Smalls off of Sandlot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like that's like here I am, thirty years old. I cannot throw a ball with my left hand. Like, just can't do it. Yeah, I mean, it might go backwards. You know, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, just never put, never tried. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. The, the little boy we have now, the five-year-old, he's actually left-handed. So. It's, it's kind of cool getting to see the things like 
he gets his hands get smeared sometimes when he does homework. <laughs> like I never experienced none of this. I don't know how to tell you to fix this. Yeah. You know? I got a a buddy of mine. His son is uh, six, and uh, he's so funny. Uh, he's ambidextrous, and okay. my, you know my friend he had told me about his son. And uh, one day I was just hanging out over at their house, and uh, my buddy he got my attention. He said, "Watch him," and the kid was right, and he was doing homework or something. And like when he got to the middle of the page, he would swap hands. Like he, he he would write he would write half the line and then with the other hand he would finish the line. Yeah, and it would look cool. it would look just as good. You like you never did see a skip in it? No, like it it just it looked right. It was it was the way it was. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. I was like, I, I I don't personally know anybody that's that is that way. You know, I've met people who claim to be, and then you see them try to do something. They're like, well, I don't know if you're. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> you know, but. Yeah, and that ain't even that kid. Like, he don't even know what it is yet. He just does it. Right. That's just life to him. That's just the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think anybody's ever told him different. Like, I would, I guess I would hate to be his teacher be like, you don't need to, well, you know what? I don't, go. He's going to let you do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, if you ever get into, like, a speed problem, I don't think you're going to win, but it looks cool. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, these the kids are fun. You know, it's 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 it's, it's different having to get. Yeah, man. Or just the simple things like getting ready for church on Sunday mornings. Where we got we're getting four kids ready now. Got to feed them. Got to get them ready. And it's kind of like the, the older kids they can dress themselves. You give them their clothes here, go dress yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? They brush their own teeth. They do all that stuff themselves. So it's like these one year olds like. They can't. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. one of them, one of them is severely delayed um, because of some issues that he had, and um, so he actually can't see. Um, he has one eye that's getting a little bit better. Uh, his vision's coming back a little bit, and um, so he hasn't learned to pick up food and put it in his mouth like he he will. But the, so he's just going through a lot of therapy to work on things. Mm-hmm. And the other one, she's she's good to go. She's, I'm telling you, never seen a kid as like so much attitude and as sassy as she is. At one years old. But at one years old. Oh boy. I'm telling you, she she looked at us the other day. She looked at Kaylin the other day, and Kaylin she was trying to get in the Christmas tree, so she pointed at her and said, "No, no," and kind of shook her finger. Well, she turns around, does the same thing back to her. She's shaking her finger, telling Kaylin, "No, no." <laughs> <laughs> like I'm laughing. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like. But it's like, this one turns into a real problem. When she gets older, she's still with us, you know? And it's like, she's just got so much attitude. And it's just, it's so funny to see. You know, we got 10 different kids, like I said, that we've had. It's 10 completely different personalities. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's just, it's just cool to see the difference in the way kids are, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, so, uh, I think it was, I think it was one of Teddy's sermons, man, that uh, really transformed me. Um, used to not like kids and didn't like being around kids. And um, we had just started serving at Lila Village, and I didn't really like it. Like me and JC, uh, my old roommate, I don't know if you remember him. I don't know if I remember 
And uh, he was the one that introduced me to Light of the Village. And I went down there a couple of times. And I, I thought the, the ministry was good. It was I thought it was good work. And so I, I wanted to keep doing it, but I was having a heart problem because I really didn't care about the kids. I didn't like them. And um, it was a sermon that Teddy was doing, and it wasn't even part of the sermon. I don't even know. Like, he totally come out of left field. Like, it was like, it went just from being like a very general sermon to where I, I felt like I was just going to get up and just go on about my day. Like, it wasn't going to affect me. And then just out of nowhere, he said, uh, if you don't like kids, you're a stick in the mud. Um, and they probably don't, And they probably don't like you either. And I just thought about that, and I was like, "Thanks, man." Right. <laughs> I was you like, "You ruined my day for me." <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I am a stick in the mud, <laughs> and uh, that that was transformative to me. And it's like, uh, as far as doing children ministry, and like, heck, even uh, the two three years helping Dale out, me and Aaron were doing the children's church, and I remember the most chaotic sunday we had like 85 kids and dale was out of town doing his ministry and aaron was sick and it was just me and like i had asked james and uh i think logan if they would stay and they both looked at all the kids and they was like "Uh, i think i'm needed in the big church and i was like oh my god and so like i opened up and we start doing music, and like the whole time I'm thinking, I was like, as soon as they find out that there's only one of me and 85 of them, I'm in big, big trouble. <laughs> and um, man, I just ended up playing a whole lot of music, and I was like, I hope it's a short, short sermon. I hope it's a short sermon. I hope it's a short right. sermon. And so um, a guest preacher. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And. uh happened to get out a little bit early and I like I knew like what I had prepared to share I was like okay how do I take a five minute lesson and make it 45 seconds because I know that's all the time they're gonna give me <laughs> right if that <laughs> yeah and so man I, I miss those days man those uh we had a lot of fun doing children's church with them oh power up <laughs> yeah well, well you know like it's funny is you know our our oldest girl she's in it now you know and she comes home all the time like she's got to have candy before she leaves and like they give in to her and it's like don't give her candy but they do (laughs) yeah they're like i just gotta get her out of here take candy you know what i mean like yeah but i mean i know you did and like i went to guatemala one time but man sitting like at the little parties or anything they do and you're in the street and playing soccer with these kids and it's like it's the most fun that you think you can have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like these kids, are like that's all they know. You know what I mean? Is is a rough life, and now this guy's wanting to play with us. You know what I mean? So like, it's, they love it. Oh yeah. You know, and it's. I mean, that's really one of my like. I mean, there's a ton of things like look back on. You know, you know the one trip we took to Guatemala. I mean, even though it's just a week. But, like, every time I think about it, I think about, like, I can still picture those kids' faces. You know what I mean? It was just <laughs> a lot of fun playing with kids that they don't know what a tablet is. You yeah. know what I mean? They don't know what Wi-Fi is. They, they just do. know. Yeah, they so, play with whatever they can play with, you know? Some of my favorite moments um, 
we were at the dump and um i had been to the dump a lot like i've probably been out there six seven times and um for whatever reason this morning there were a lot of kids there and like the mothers were down in the dump you know trying to find food and we had these little hot wheel cars and so i just walked over there the kids because they were just kind of sitting on the bank just waiting on mother to get done trying to find food you know and i just went over there and gave them them cars and we found like a piece of tin and i i put it up on that little bank and i was like let me see that car and, you know, I put it up at the top of the tent, and it, you know, sped down, and, like, you already saw their eyes. You thought their eyes were about to pop out of their heads. Yeah. And, you know, for the entire time that we were there, I mean, it went from being two kids to, like, all the kids that were at the dump, and they were just taking turns, grabbing the car, going to the top of the bank, putting it down the tent, you know. Yeah, and, like, and they probably wore those wheels out on them. I'm telling you, and, I, and, you know, you, you think about, like, America – and like with the kids now and it's i mean we're so technology influenced like uh my friend's kids i mean just watching them how good they are on technology and like they know more about it than i do and (laughs) i'm like you get this kid a hot wheel car and like i think i just made his life you know yeah they'll play for months with that same car you know and then like you know our kids and they had an awesome christmas you know from people from the children's home, you know, doing what they do for them and everybody else, you know, and the things we, we got them in, and it's just, you know, they got everything they could want, you know. Yeah. And then we didn't personally buy them electronic stuff. We bought them toys that they could play with, you know what I mean? Like, but uh, my mother-in-law bought them these tablets. Well, going through, playing, messing with it, I set it up to where they can only play two hours a day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're like, that's really a good bit. But to some kids, like, you know, you can watch other kids work. And if they're awake for, you know, 16 hours, they're playing 10. You know what I mean? And it's like, when we started all this, I was like, I told Kayla, I want a baseball to go through my window. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want some kids out in the yard. I want one to accidentally hit a baseball through a window. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, do something, you know what I mean? Like, just yeah. be kids. You know, that's what I wanted them to be able to come here and be kids. You know, not have to worry about where they're going to get their food from or whatever. You know what I mean? They're just able to go be kids. And it hasn't happened yet. Actually, Caitlin's broke two windows. <laughs> they here for different reasons, but <laughs> but it's come close. Yeah. But luckily, this old house we have, the windows don't cost but like $16 to replace. So. Nice. Y'all still at the but, same place? Yeah, yeah, we're still here. Yeah, hey, talk about like uh, your wedding, man. I remember that. Uh, like that was like one of the coldest days. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty miserable, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and, you, and y'all are playing for like an extra thirty minutes because I mean, it's us. We can't do anything on time ever. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw that that picture was... popped up on my timeline the other day, and I was like, I'll never forget that day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it was, well, it rained like three or four days leading up to that. And like, my whole thing was, I'm going to do the yard work like the day or two before. So it's all fresh. Yeah. Well, it rained the whole time. So the morning of our wedding, me and Rusty and my brothers out there, like we'd eaten and doing yard work in the rain because we didn't have a time to do it any other day, you know, because it's pouring down raining. Yeah. 
But, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely, that, that whole time was kind of, you know, had its own, I guess, just kind of strangeness about all of it. But, you know, it's what's done is done, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. That, uh, those, uh, those were some good days, man. Like, uh, that was a, that was a hell of a chapter is, uh, yeah. anytime I get to call and catch up with y'all, man, from, uh, time spent down in Mobile, it was definitely time worth it. Yeah. A lot of, it seems like a lot of things went on, you know, during that time frame. You know, it's just, I guess that, that, that part of our life, you know what I mean? Those years of our lives that, yeah. You, you know, you were down here for, I guess that's when things go, you know, and then as you get later on, people settle into things a little bit more, you know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah. It was, well, it it seemed, yeah we were all wide time. open and like we were all going a hundred different directions. Yeah. It was just early twenties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's completely different than what I thought my early twenties were going to be like based off how I was in high school. But <laughs> you know, finding that 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 group of friends that brought me to church, you know, completely changed my life. So, oh yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. But, uh, but man, I think this uh, what you're doing with this this podcast and all, I think it's pretty awesome. Like I said, you know, I've been listening for a while now, and I've learned a lot of new music through it. And uh, like I said, I I think you're doing an amazing job. I think you should definitely keep going and pursue like you saw about earlier the, the whole writing thing I mean I think it's any anytime anybody has any kind of ambition and they chase after I think it's a, you know a cool thing yeah I like to watch it happen and watch it unfold so yeah and it's crazy what it, like it can turn into like I never like some of the guests we've had on Ports Talk I never thought I would have them on the show you know what I mean Right. Like this should not be happening. <laughs> like uh when I had uh Taylor Hollinsworth, um I contacted Bo Hicks, that's the owner of Druid City Brewing. I think that the day before or that morning that Taylor was gonna be playing there. And uh I said, Man, if it's all right, I'd do a podcast. Like Bo didn't have a clue who I was. I'm just some dude. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I do a podcast. I've talked to Taylor. I was going to see if we could record a short little interview before he plays there that night. And he said, you know Taylor? I said, I do. He says, is it good with Taylor? I said, it is. He said, go for it, man. Anything you need, just tell the guys working the bar. Just tell them what you need. Make it happen, man. I don't care. And like, some of the places that we've recorded, um, the Sunstroke House is a special place, and uh, it's it's unreal. I got some uh, businesses that are back in the show this year, and they're gonna be on, and they're helping. It's it's gonna it's like it's just I can't believe where it's going. <laughs> right, but I mean that's that's what happens when you're you know you're consistent with something and you put your heart into it. I mean, you, you know, like the whole. I've actually grown to be a fan of Taylor Hollingsworth through your show. Like, I, I didn't know who he was before your show. Yeah. You know, and then the first time I heard him, I was like, it's ain't really my style, but I kind of like it. 
Yeah. You know, and then the more I listen to it through show, now like now I listen to him on other things. You know what I mean? And it's like if it wasn't for things like that, you know, what I mean, I never would have learned about him. And then that turns me on to like different other types of artists. You know what I mean? Because like you listen to him on Pandora or whatever, then it'll play music like this person. You right. know, and you find out all these other people's like. I think we mentioned before on Facebook, we had a little a short conversation about was music like this back in the, you know, back when we were younger, we, they just didn't have a way to get it out. You know what I mean? And like, I think so. With, <laughs> you know, with everything that there is now, you know what I mean? You got Facebook, YouTube, Pandora, all these things, you know what I mean? That you can get, you can find out all this music and, you know, anybody can make a YouTube video. So, right. you know what I mean? Like, so it's definitely, you know, the back technology definitely has its advantages. You know, I mean, going back to what we were talking about with the kids, but then it also has its bad side. But. Yeah, like definitely don't let it control your life, but uh, it does have some good. Right. Yeah, man, I uh, appreciate you listening, and it's like uh, that same thing. I've got a a person that's just recently started listening to the show. Um, I met her at the Sunstroke House. And uh, she wanted to. She sat in for one of the untapped and vinyls. Uh, she just. I've never seen how a podcast works. I just want to see the process. And I was well, come, you know, check it out. I don't care. And uh, since then, like just going back and like looking at the catalog and like after listening to that artist, uh, she'll write me and say like, you know, I've. I, just like you said about Taylor Hollinsworth, you know, that's, that's not really my style. It's not really something that I'm into, but because of the show <laughs> and because I sat down and heard your interview with him, I'm somehow into it. Yeah. Like it's not my, yeah, it's the, not my favorite, but I get it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, like Caitlin will hear me listen to it all the time and, and you know, I mean, like most people, we do have different tastes in music. So she'll hear me listen to it. She's like, who is that? And I'll tell her who it is. She's like, I don't really, that's, you know. Yeah. But I was like, but I, I really do. Like, for some reason, I really do like it. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I don't know if it's because I did hear the, you know, I did listen to the podcast or because I listened to so many episodes where you'll do, you, you will play a few of his songs, but then it's like, it grows on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's where I do like it, you know? Yeah, man. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, for the artist, I mean, it's just it's connected, man. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's been cool to watch it to you know go through as you've been going. But uh, but I that's what I I sure I think it's cool, man. I think you should keep doing everything you do, and then, you know, like you said, if you really feel like that right thing would work out, I mean, I'd say go for it. That's you know do everything you think you can do and. And so, it's it's cool to see feedback anyway. You know, when you write something, you put something out there that you're like, you know, everybody's going to get to read this, you know, and it's yeah. just like you putting this podcast out. It's like, I'm putting myself out there, kind of. Yeah. You know, and then when you get positive feedback, it's like, well, it's cool. You know what I mean? You kind of did what you, it, it, it done what you hoped it would do. You know. Yeah, and those are cool. Um, I always definitely like the positive feedback and like when people enjoy the show. And then I also I don't mind the negative. Like uh, right. I've got 
real close friends that don't listen to the show because they don't like it. <laughs> and I'm I'm fine with that. They all have a different reason for why they don't like it. And I was like, right. at least you gave it a shot. They still they still support it. Like they'll share it and they'll download it. And um, you know, they'll subscribe to it. Like they they do the they, they do the nice things cuz that's how people find it. It's like when it has Right. When it's been rated, when it's been reviewed, when it gets shared, like they'll support it in that way, and uh, but they don't listen to it, which is crazy to me. But I'm thankful for that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, supports, you know, always a, a big thing. Like for us, with fostering, I mean, supports everything to us, you know. Yeah. In, in, from in, anything, you know what I mean. So, uh, we kind of went through our journey, you know talking about some of it on Facebook about becoming foster parents. So like I'll go a time frame without putting anything out there just because well a lot of times I just I don't necessarily want to. But then again it's like these people there's people that actually care that don't see us all the time that Yeah. You know that I can use Facebook to update them through and then, and then people you know, people do tell me later like anything, hey, you know, whatever. And then they'll say, Hey I saw this and they'll ask about the kids and you know what I mean? Things like that. So. Yeah. Absolutely, man. But, uh, well, brother, you ready to wrap it up? Yeah, I guess I ain't got a whole lot more to talk about. That's about all I got. <laughs> we done well, dude. I will, I will, I will say this. Uh, if you do get, I saw the other day you was talking to Jack about possibly getting on there and talking about some food. Yeah. If you get him on there, try to get one of his rubs out of it. All right. Especially that brisket rub. If you can get that brisket rub recipe, I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, dude. Oh, man. Next time I come down to Mobile, we've got to go eat some barbecue. How about that? Yeah. That'll be my next yeah. trip. Just, uh, it'll be soon. I'm going to shoot for like late January or February. I'll, I'll let you know when I'm tr- trying to get down there. Okay. We'll, we'll... Yeah, I, I still remember Levi calling me out on that, that one podcast he did with you. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which due south is closed now, so I can't. I don't have nothing to back it up anymore. But. <laughs> yeah, but uh, there's a there's a barbecue joint downtown. I don't know if it's still open. Well, it's not even really downtown. It's just um, I can't even remember the name of it. It's like Big Al's. No, Big Al's used to be on Airport. This is just a dude's name, and it's like uh. You're going down Government Street, like headed downtown, like with all the Spanish uh, oaks down there, overhanging. Yeah. And it's just boop right there on the right. I used to go out there all the time. They had jam up barbecue. It's like a little hole in the wall. Yeah, usually that's where you find the good. Day. There's always a saying like the smaller the building, the better the barbecue. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I found it's just pretty close. It's pretty accurate, you know. <laughs> Has been in my experience. There's some guys in Starkville. Um, they don't even have a restaurant. They're just like out by the street, just cooking on grills, smoking it up, and you can come by yeah. and get you a plate. Yeah. And it's not bad food. <laughs> right. It usually isn't. <laughs> <laughs> There's a church in Battery that I do them as a fundraiser. I mean, I've stopped by there a couple times and got theirs. It's always good. I mean, it's that's my favorite thing. Barbecue's my favorite style food, and. It can definitely be messed up, yeah. but it's not. It's it's pretty tough to mess up certain meats. Now, like brisket, 
don't do brisket unless you really know what you're doing. But like ribs, I'm, chicken, I'm, like you know what I mean. You can kind of you can make it taste good. Yeah, yeah. If you if you don't know what you're doing with brisket, just leave it alone. Like uh, it's so easy right. to screw up. And that's my favorite kind of meat. Like if I yeah, if man, I if I go somewhere, and I hate being lied to, like. <laughs> I'll go to a barbecue joint and I'll see they have a brisket and I'll ask, you know, the waitress, how is the brisket? And they'll be like, oh, it's great. It's my favorite. Okay, I'm not ordering brisket. Because <laughs> 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 I was like, I really, yeah, I, mean, I really don't want to waste my trip here. I really want to have a good experience. I'm not believing yeah, you right now. <laughs> no, I've, I've personally had uh, Jack's brisket and uh, it's... It's pretty awesome. I'll tell you, it's, it's, one, it's the best brisket I've personally had, Jack's is. Which, you know, Jack is the one whose food used to be at Due South. Yeah. At, uh, Chris's restaurant and all, but, but yeah. Well, cool. But, yeah, man, next time you come down, we'll have to get together. Definitely go eat some stuff. I'm always down with food, so. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Why, well, right, man. <laughs> I'm going to walk it on out the door. Thank you so much. All right, man. News and notes. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I'd ask that you would support it. Rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. You can check out some of the videos and photos from things going by and things coming. Uh, we got a great show lined up for the whole year. All right, as far as notes go, me and Coley were talking after we hit stop record and as much as we talked about Taylor, we thought it wouldn't be right if we didn't play Taylor. And so, this is off his album last year, Tap Dancing Daddy. This is the title track, Tap Dancing Daddy. It's by Taylor Hollinsworth. Peace out. I never wanna let
Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. 
By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.